Thank you, Jenny. Isn't that an amazing song? The blood says you can. And we can thank God that he has a big eraser to erase our sins and take them all and put them under the blood so that we are forgiven and they're forgotten. So that when we stand before God, we're standing in the merit of Christ, not in our own merit. Thank God for that. Shall we just open in a word of prayer this morning? Father, we thank you for this beautiful song. We thank you for the blood of Christ that has washed away our sins. We thank you for all those that have come to you, Lord, that are here in this audience and accepted your sacrifice at Calvary. And we pray for those in the audience today who may not yet have their sins forgiven and have that hope of heaven and have their sins under the blood. And we pray that today they will accept you as their personal Lord and Savior. Please encourage us in your word, Lord. And please draw from our hearts praise and worship. Lord, please hide me behind the cross and just help the word to go forth in your power by your spirit today. We pray in your precious name, Lord Jesus. You know, one of the things I'm really thankful for is the trials that God allows into our lives because it really draws us closer to him. And it also, as a speaker, when I prepare a message, if I'm going through something like that myself personally, I can relate to others and others can relate to me. And so we're thankful for what God allows in our lives. You know, trials come in our lives of every size, shape and color. But one thing about it is God tailors the trials for us individually and personally. They're personal trials. And so, too, he tailors his grace and his peace in our lives to meet those trials that we go through. You know, when you go to the, to the pizza parlor, you can order any kind of size pizza you want. You can get the extra large, you can get the large, the medium, the small, or the personal size. And that's the way God is with us. He's personal with us. He loves us so much that he brings those things into our lives that are going to be for our good. And even though they're painful at the time, even overwhelming to us, sometimes unbearable to us, he says, I'm there for you. I love you. You're my child. I'm going to get you safely to heaven. And in the midst of it, I'm going to grow you in my grace. Turn with me, if you would, this morning to the gospel according to John. Chapter 14, John chapter 14, beginning, we'll be reading at, I should say, verse 27. John chapter 14 and verse 27. You know, the Lord is amazing. I was here at the church yesterday and I, when I come to the church on Saturdays to work, the Lord gives me so many wonderful thoughts. And I'm here all by myself and I'm just meditating on the Lord and, and thankful. And I was thinking of a song yesterday that came to my mind that I haven't sang probably in 30 years or more, maybe probably more than that. And the song goes like this. I'm so happy. And here's the reason why Jesus took my burden all away. Now I'm singing as the days go by. Jesus took my burden all away. And then it says, once my heart was heavy with a load of sin, Jesus took the load and gave me peace within. Now I'm singing as the days go by. Jesus took my burden all away. And I said, Lord, where did that come from? I haven't sang it for years, but it just the Lord spoke to my heart and I started thinking about this. And the Lord laid this on my heart. And I thought of this first. John chapter 14 and verse 27, it says, peace, I leave with you. My peace I give to you. 
Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. There's one thing that we really need in our Christian lives. It's peace. People are looking for peace everywhere today, in the wrong places. They look to it in the Israeli-Arab conflict. They can't find it. They cannot solve it. They cannot come up with peace. We cannot have peace in our country. We cannot have peace in our homes and our families. Peace is an elusive thing for people today. But for those who come to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, you can have peace with God. You can have the peace of God in your life, that rest, that comfort, that joy. Just like we sang in that song, under his wings. Yes, we're under his wings and we have peace and we have rest and we have joy under his wings. We're going to look at three things today. Peace is in a person. Number one. Number two, peace is a promise. Number two. And number three, peace is a possession. I found a great definition of peace in my trusty Webster's Dictionary. and It says this. Peace is an undisturbed state of mind, absence of mental conflict, serenity, calm, quiet, and tranquility. Does that describe your life? Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. If you know the Lord is your Savior, even with all the raging storms around you, that can be your situation. But if you don't know Christ, you could be on a beach somewhere, so relaxed and so alone and tranquil in that sense, but inside your heart, no peace. No peace. You know, I like the license plate frame that Shelly has on the back of her Highlander. And it says this, it says, no Jesus, N-O, no Jesus, no peace. And then on the bottom it says, no Jesus, K-N-O-W, no peace. And that sums it up. There's only two kinds of people in the world. Those who have peace with God and have that peace assuredly and those who don't. You either have it or you don't. Just like salvation, you either have it or you don't. And that's why we pray that everyone here will experience salvation and experience his peace that's indescribable. It really is that you can have that in your life. Well, let's look, first of all, peace is a person. You know, Jesus Christ is called in the scriptures the Prince of Peace. He's the Lord of Peace. And he speaks these words to his disciples and says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Think about when the Lord Jesus spoke those words. He spoke them before the cross. He was in the upper room with his disciples at that point, And he knew that they were going to witness his, his crucifixion. They were going to be so sorrowful. And they were going to go through some heartache and pain. And so even before they were going to go through it, he speaks the words of comfort to them. Peace. Peace I give to you. My peace. We all need that peace because when we're born in this world, we're born in sin and we have not peace with God. We don't. Our lives are out of whack when we don't know the, the Lord. We don't know him and we don't have peace and we get agitated and we get upset. But the Lord wants us to have eternal peace. He doesn't want us to get upset and agitated and bothered by the difficulties and things around us. But like I said today, people are looking for peace in the wrong places. They're looking for it in feelings. Oh, I feel good today, so I've got peace. Or I feel bad today and I don't. You see, life can be like a roller coaster. We go up, we're really happy, and then we drop down and we're really sad. Can you relate to that in your life? Have you been on a roller coaster of emotion? 
God says, don't base peace on emotion. Base it on my finished work on the cross, on the blood of Christ, as we heard today. It's not based on circumstances, because sometimes circumstances can be good and sometimes they can be downright bad. But our peace is based on the Lord Jesus Christ. Peace is in a person. It's in a personal relationship with the Lord. And when we have that personal relationship with the Lord, we can walk out those doors today and say, Lord, whatever comes, I'm going to trust you for it. It's amazing. We can go through physical things. We can go through mental things, whatever it is. And sometimes we say, Lord, I can't do it anymore. But the Lord says, you can't. I can. And that is so comforting to me because when I think I can't do something, the Lord reminds me of Philippians 4.13, where Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We might not feel we can take one more step, but he says, come on, take my hand. And, it, and it's amazing. We were talking, Sylvia and I, the other day, and we were saying how it doesn't, it's, he takes our hand. It's not dependent on us holding on to Christ. It's Christ holding on to us. Because we could get tired and we could let go and we could fall, but he won't let that happen. He's got a tight grip on us. And thank God for that. A tight and loving grip. And in the New Testament, it talks about two kinds of peace. One kind of peace is peace with God and the other kind of peace is the peace of God. When you're saved, you're immediately given peace. You have peace with God immediately upon accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. The peace of God comes later on as we grow and as we go through trials. We need his peace. And that peace is, is dependent upon us trusting him and surrendering to him and not having any sin, unconfessed sin in our life. Then we can enjoy that peace of God. But I just pray if there's anyone here today who has never accepted the Lord, has never had peace with God, that you will accept him today. Billy Graham wrote a book called Steps to Peace with God. Peace with God. Other people have, have put up other publications to this effect because it's the greatest thing that anyone can have is to have peace with God. To know assuredly. And I can ask you the question today, do you know for sure that if you were to die today that you would go to heaven? Do you know the answer to that question? And the other transforming question is, if you were to die today and you were to stand before God and he said, why should I let you come into heaven? Can you say, only by the blood of Jesus? That's the only way. I mean, we can't stand before God and say, well, I've been a good person. I've done well all my life. I've given to charitable organizations. I've done this and this. Because none of us can get in that way. We're sinners. The only way is through the blood of Christ. Through his death on the cross, we can have peace with God. Colossians 1.16 says that Jesus reconciled us to God, having given us peace through the blood of his cross. Yes, once that sin question is taken care of, once we're born again, we can know we have that peace in our hearts. You know, not long ago, a man sought the perfect picture of peace and not finding one that satisfied him. He announced a contest to produce a masterpiece. So the challenge went out to artists everywhere all over the world to bring about their best paintings about a peaceful scene. Finally, the great day of revelation arrived. The judges uncovered peaceful scene after peaceful scene. While the crowds cheered, the tensions grew. Only two pictures remained veiled. As the judge pulled the cover from one, a hush fell over the crowd. A mirror smooth lake 
reflected lacy green birches under the soft blush of the evening sky. Along the grassy shore, a flock of sheep grazed undisturbed. Surely, this was the winner. The man with the vision uncovered the second painting himself, and the crowd gasped in surprise. Could this be peace? A tumultuous waterfall cascaded down a rocky precipice. The crowd could almost feel its cold, penetrating spray. Stormy gray clouds threatened to explode with lightning and thunder. And there, in the midst of the thundering noises and bitter chill, a spindly tree clung to the rocks at the edge of the falls. One of its branches reached out in front of the torrential waters as if foolishly seeking to expose its full power. A little bird had built its nest on the elbow of that branch. Content and undisturbed in her stormy surroundings, she rested on her eggs. With her eyes closed and her wings ready to cover her little ones, she manifested peace that transcends all earthly turmoil. I ask you, which picture is truly the picture of peace? Is it the one where everything is good and smooth and easy? Is that really the picture of peace? No. The picture of peace is when there's conflict, when there's difficulty, when there's trouble, when there's struggles, because it manifests God's peace in that situation. Look at that little bird with the thunder and lightning and storms and the waterfall coming down. That little bird found that refuge there on that branch. That's us. We're like the little bird. And God gives us comfort. He gives us peace. He gives us rest, even in the midst of the most painful circumstances of life. God's peace. Peace with God. You can have it right here in your seat today. Peace with God by accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. The second kind of peace is so encouraging. It's the peace of God that passes all understanding. When God comes into our life and He gives us the Holy Spirit, He gives us that peace. And that's why He tells us, be anxious for nothing in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That is an amazing verse. That's one of Mike's favorite verses. I remember we quoted it many times and shared it many times. Because you know what the devil wants to do? Like Jenny was singing today, he wants to disturb our peace. Have you ever woke up in the night and wondered, why? How did, how did I wake up? You know, the devil likes to disturb us. He likes to bring up our past. He likes to bring up what we we're going to go through this week. He likes to agitate us and get us all worked up so we can't concentrate on the Lord. We can't concentrate on the Word of God. We can't pray the way we should. He wants to get us distracted. Have you ever noticed that when you get down to pray, your mind wanders? Has it happened to you? I'm not the only one. Or when you get ready to read God's word, the telephone call rings. You know, the telephone rings and you've got a call to take. You know, the devil likes to try to disturb us and try to get us to think about what is the worst thing that could happen to you. And he brings it to your mind like that. But usually, when we think about the worst thing that could ever happen to us, it never does. It really never does. And for the Christian, what's the worst thing that could happen to you? We could die. We could die today. But guess what? We'll be with the Lord. So that's not even that devastating. Thank God that he gives us the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Yesterday, I was thinking about an acronym came to me for, for peace, and it's the word STOP. 
S-T-O-P. Stop. And that's exactly what we need to do. As soon as we start getting agitated, worked up, our blood pressure goes up and everything. I just bought this blood pressure machine. Maybe I shouldn't do it, but I'm checking my blood pressure every night in the, in the morning and once in the evening. I'm checking my heart rate and blood pressure at the same time. And I noticed the other day I was really getting stressed and overwhelmed. Just came back from work. That blood pressure just went up. And I said, Lord, look at that. And we just need to stop. We just need to stop and take a step back. And stop stands for surrender, trust, obey, pray. Isn't that a good acronym? Stop. Surrender, trust, obey, pray. Hopefully, by the end of this message, this little acronym will be stuck in our heads. And so when we start to get worried, bothered, upset, burdened, stop, surrender, trust, obey, pray. It's a great little formula. It's so simple. It would help us immensely if we do it. But so many times we get so distracted and so disturbed. You know, God's peace is sweet. It's wonderful. It's joyful to have his peace. And you can have peace in the midst of even the hardest things. In 1555, and that was a long time ago, Nicholas Ridley was going to be burned at the stake because of his witness for Christ. On the night before his execution, his brother offered to remain with him in the prison to bring him a measure of assistance and comfort. Nicholas declined the offer and replied this, because he knew the peace of God, he could rest in the strength of his everlasting arms. And he says, I'm going to go to sleep as I always do, resting in the arms of Jesus. Now, here was a man who was going to his death and he had the peace of God in his life. He had peace with God and he had God's peace individually in his life and he could face that kind of suffering and sorrow. Is that the kind of peace that can carry us through? Yes, it is. It's like getting on a jet and just flying over the trial. And that's the kind of peace that the Lord gives to us. I also thought of this other song here recently. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river in my soul. And when you have God's peace in your soul, it is a river. A river that never ends. It never dries up. It'll be there for us forever. I like what Charles Wesley said one time. He said, I rest beneath Almighty shade, my griefs expire, my troubles cease. Thou, Lord, on whom my soul is stayed, will keep me still in perfect peace. I think he was thinking about Isaiah chapter 46 and verse 3 when he said that, because that verse says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Do you want to have peace today? Do you want to have that peace of God? Then focus and stay your mind on the Lord Jesus Christ. Then you can have peace. But that's easier said than done because as soon as you get into that turmoil, into that turbulence, into that trial that seems all around you, 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 you want to just say, Lord, I can't handle this. Remember the Israelites, they had the Red Sea in front of them. They had the mountains on the sides. They had Pharaoh's army coming up beside them. And what did Moses say to them? The Lord's word, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Stand still. In other words, stop. Surrender, trust, obey, pray. And that's exactly what they did. And what did God do? He, he parted the Red Sea in their lives and allowed them to go through on dry ground. How did we do it, Lord? We did it with the power of God. Not in themselves. It was in the power 
of God. So peace is a person. Peace is in a person in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not in any other person. You can't say I have peace because of my relationship necessarily with my wife or husband or children. And if everything like that is going well, it's in Jesus. That's where the peace is. Because the other kinds of peace, up and down. But thank God for the peace that we have in the Lord. Secondly, peace is a promise. Notice that the Lord Jesus personally makes this promise to his disciples and he personally makes it to us. He says, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. His peace is given to us as a gift from the Lord. I remember that after the disciples were so disappointed, so saddened by the Lord's death on the cross, they met together in an upper room. And it says, for fear of the Jews. And all of a sudden, Jesus in his new heavenly body, resurrected Savior, just walked right through the walls and came and stood in their midst. And guess what he said to them? Peace to you. Peace to you. He comes to you on Monday morning. Peace to you. He comes to you on a, on a Thursday night. Peace to you. He comes to you on a weekend. Peace to you. And we need his peace because all these things around us that are happening that are very, very difficult. And you know, people would give millions of dollars to have that kind of peace, to have peace with God and to have the peace of God. People would give money. Like Ron shared in the Scripture memory class about the people who are rich and they have all this money and at the end of their lives they're so miserable and they say, I wish I had not even been born. And here was a person that had in their hands money and riches and fame and honors and all this thing. But you know what? It's like sand in your hands. It just goes right through it because that's not what's going to give you peace. All the accolades of the world is not going to give you peace. But someone said about this scene about the disciples, it said this, the world was shut out. The disciples were shut in. Jesus then came in and the result was peace. Isn't that true? They were shut up in the upper room. Jesus came to them and brought them peace. And they were so filled with joy and peace. Dale Evans once said, God has not promised us an easy way, but peace at the center of the hard way. So here we are on the hard way. Is your way hard today? I think, it, yeah. How many have a hard way? Okay, we have a hard way. Sometimes because of what we have done, other times because of what God allows. But we're on the hard way, the narrow way. But God says, I'm going to give you peace in the hard way. He says, I'm not going to just take away your circumstances. Have you ever noticed that you've prayed about things that say, Lord, take it away, take it away? That's what Paul did. He prayed three times. Take away this thorn of the flesh. Many thought it was an eye disease that he had. He prayed, Lord, take it away. Wouldn't you say that God would answer Paul's prayer? But he did answer it, but not in the way that he prayed it. Because he said the answer was, my grace is sufficient for you. But Lord, my grace is sufficient for you. And not only does he give us the grace, but he gives us the peace. He gives us the joy. You know, we've been studying in Scripture memory class about joy. And the only way to have joy is in Jesus. That's another acronym I like. Joy, Jesus, others, yourself. Jesus first, others second. Yourself last. That's where really joy is about. Our world has become so self-centered and so selfish. We see it out in the world. But when you come to Christ, your whole attention is on him and on others. And that's where the joy really comes in. I found an amazing story of a little boy 
there was a shipwreck by a furious storm and he was the only survivor left of the ship that was wrecked. And there he was and the, and the waves came and it took him up onto a rock. And there he was holding on to that rock and the next morning he was rescued. Isn't that amazing? And one person said to him, did you tremble while you were on that rock during the night? They asked him. Yes, said the boy. I trembled all night, but the rock didn't. (laughs) Isn't that a beautiful picture, though? Jesus Christ is the rock. We may come to him trembling, afraid, not knowing what's going to happen to us. We hold on to the rock. We tremble, but the rock doesn't. Jesus Christ is the rock. And that's why the hymn writer said, On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground, sinking sand. If we build our lives on anything else but on the Lord Jesus Christ and His finished work, it's like sinking sand. You go down for the count. May the Lord help us to be assured that He gives us that kind of peace in our life. Another hymn said that I love very much, Be still, my soul. The Lord is on thy side. Bear patiently the cross of grief or pain. Leave to thy God to order and provide. In every change, he faithful will remain. Be still, my soul. Thy best, thy heavenly friend, through stormy ways, leads to a joyful end. Be still, my soul. In other words, take a step back and say, stop, surrender, trust, obey, pray. Now you try it. Surrender. Trust, obey, pray. See, it's so easy. The things in the Word of God that are so simple and so easy help us in our complicated lives, in our complicated world. So peace is in a person and peace is in a promise. And now we see that peace is in a possession. Notice the Lord Jesus says, I give you my peace. It's a possession. You can have it in your life right now, today. And nobody can take it from you. You know, if you compare the Lord's peace to the world's peace, notice what it is. The world's peace is temporary. The best peace in the world is temporary, but God's peace is eternal. The world's peace is ineffective. It may last for a while, but it's ineffective. It's not going to help you. God's peace is tremendously powerful and effective. The world's peace is based on feelings, circumstances and attitudes, but God's peace is based on His unfailing love and His unchanging faith, faithfulness. Thank God for that. You know, I read a story about Jonathan Edwards. He was a great Puritan preacher back in the 1700s and I was interested to note that he was dismissed from his position as being the pastor of a church and guess what? because he told people they needed to be born again before they could celebrate the Lord's Supper. I mean, we're all guilty, right, for that. Because that's what the Scripture says. You must be born again. You must have eternal life because otherwise, if you come to the Lord's table and take the bread and wine, you're guilty of the body and the blood of Christ because you're taking something that's not true in your life. Only those that know the Lord can take the bread and say, Lord, you died for me. Your body was broken for me. And only those who know the Lord can take the cup and know that it symbolizes his blood that was shed. And so Jonathan Edwards was was greatly afflicted by all these things that people were saying. But one member of the church said something very interesting about Jonathan Edwards. He said this, 
I never saw the least symptoms of displeasure in his countenance. But he appeared like a man of God whose happiness was out of the reach of his enemies. Can that be said of you today? That you have peace in such a way that people look at your face and see it like an angel of God. That's what they did when they stoned Stephen. There he was. They were throwing stones at him and they said they saw his face shining like an angel. And he said, Father, forgive them. Just like the Lord Jesus on the cross said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Well, Stephen said something similar. He says, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. In other words, forgive them, Lord. They don't know what they're doing. They're just this crowd and they're rushing upon me to kill me. But you can't silence the voice of God. God's voice goes through still today in countries where Christians are martyred and everything else. The gospel flourishes because it is his truth. Yes, you can be wronged. You can be criticized. You can be tested and treated unfairly. But the love of Christ should be in our lives in such a way that we have that peace in our lives. That's what he wants us to do. And notice what the Lord Jesus says here in verse 27 of our chapter. He says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Wow, that is so comforting to me. Because as we go through things in life, we can know that the Lord says, don't be afraid. Don't be troubled. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to take you through. You know, so many people today need sleeping pills to fall asleep. They need stimulants to wake up. And they need a therapist to go to once a week just to carry on their lives. Isn't that sad? Think of how much money could be spent and how much could be put back into our economy if we didn't have to spend it on those kind of pills like Valium, Oxycontin, all these stimulants that people take. Did you hear about that young man? I'm sure you did. Uh, that actor back in New York, 28 years old, died of an accidental overdose. He had all these drugs in his system. And they killed him. And I was just thinking how sad it is that people take all these kind of things. I read the story. It's kind of a humorous story about a group of, of teenagers. And they were Christians. And this lady, her name is Mary Welsh. She had a discussion group with these teenagers. And they were telling her how worried they were about a lot of things. And she was thinking to herself, you're Christians. You shouldn't be worried about all these things. But she didn't put, it, put them down or anything like this. He said, she said, we're going to play a game. Every time you get worried about something, which you're going to go through, some stress or some difficulty, say this. The Lord is my shepherd and I'm worried to death. <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd and I'm worried to death. They started laughing just like you're laughing. They said, well, that doesn't make sense, but we'll do it. So they went home and they tried it. Well, later on, Mary got a call from this young teenage girl. And she says, you know, I was so scared to death to take that test I had to take. I'd been putting it off and postponing it as much as I can. And I was very fearful. But I said to myself, the Lord is my shepherd and I'm afraid to fail. And I laughed to myself and all of a sudden a strange peace came upon me. And I went into class and I took the, the test and I passed. You know, God can give us that kind of peace that's beyond human comprehension, that's beyond human knowledge. And give us that peace. But what do we have to do? Take a step back. Stop. Surrender. Trust. Obey. Pray. That's what we have to do. Yes, we so many times get in ourselves into so many problems. 
Now I'm going to read you from the Amplified Bible. Mike doesn't have it with him, but I'm going to read it here. I love this verse in the Amplified Bible. Listen to what it says. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My own peace I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Now notice what it says. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed and do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. Isn't that amazing? I better read it one more time. Peace I leave with you. My own peace I now give to you and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed and do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. May God help us to realize that peace is in a person. It's in the Lord Jesus Christ. You can have peace today in your life. You can be lonely. You can be all by yourself. But you can have peace with God. You can have His peace with you as you go to work, as you go home, as you go into situations. Because peace is not in things. It's not. It's in a person. And peace is a promise that God gives to us and He writes it out to us. It's personal. And that's why the title of my message today is Personal Peace. Because it's for you and it's for me. It's catered for us. It's tailored just for us. And peace is a possession that we can have when we face those rough times in life. So let's remember... Take a step back, say that acronym, stop, surrender, trust, obey, pray. And may the Lord help us to enjoy the peace that passes all understanding. It's something you can't even explain. And if somebody asks you about it, you can say, you've got to experience it for yourself. It's so wonderful that what the Lord allows us to do. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, today we thank you for giving us peace with God. We thank you for those here that have experienced that, that liberating peace, that salvation that we have through the Lord Jesus Christ who died for us. And we pray if there's anyone here this morning that doesn't have peace with God, Lord, they are afraid and they're going through many struggles right now. And Lord, we pray that you will become their savior, that they will invite you into their lives and and make you the Lord and master so that they can have that peace with God and the peace of God, Lord. Please help us, Lord, as Christians, as we go through some very difficult times physically and spiritually and emotionally and mentally and financially. We all have so many burdens. But Lord, you never meant us to carry our burdens ourselves. When we try to carry them and try to work it out ourselves, we only fall under the weight of it. Please help us to surrender our burdens to you, Lord. Cast them upon you and have that peace and that rest that comes from this. Help us to stop, Lord to surrender, to trust, to obey and pray and know that you will get us through in your way, Lord. We just thank you and praise you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen.